I am really uh, excited to be here tonight. I um, wasn't prepared for a lot of my friends to come tonight, a lot of friends, uh, house alumni, and it uh, makes me feel uh, really, really, really um, honored, so um, I might cry. Uh, <laughs> so I went to UTC for the last five years, graduated in May, and joined the house staff. Um, my involvement ranged anywhere from just a student or hub rat, I guess, as has been coined, unfortunately, um, to a student intern. And then I really just kind of um, had the urge and love to want to do the internship. So now I'm here. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about, oh, you know what I forgot to do? So Maddie last week um, introduced the cutest intern baby picture. So uh, why don't you throw that up there? Boom. <laughs> Boom. That's a winner. I don't, yeah, I'll clap for that. I'll clap for that. I was never happy again. Uh, So yeah, tonight we'll be talking about sex. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know, I'm here today because uh, two people had sex. So you guys are all here because of that. That's pretty cool, I think. Um, I mean, let's just get it out there, you know. We're talking about it, so. Am I cutting out a little bit? Okay, just kidding. Um, so many years ago, right around the time that um, I suppose I was supposed to be learning about sex in some fashion. Um, my dad decided to have the birds and the bees talk with me. And uh, it, it came out of me watching uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. So I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's, I, don't, I don't remember how raunchy it was, but I'm sure there were lots of things that uh, 12, 11, I don't know, 11 year old, 13, something like that should not have been watching. And at the end of the movie, from what I can remember, there's this part where um, the woman or some kind of lady has a chastity belt on. And I remember going like, what the heck is that and why is he, because he freaks out because he can't have sex with her, obviously, she's got the chastity belt on. Um, and it's this big metal diaper and I was just like, what is that? That's weird, and I don't wear that. I've never worn that, so, like, why does she have it on? And uh, I, I guess in the midst of that question to my dad, because I was watching it with him, he's a, you know, a great dad, he lets me watch those kind of movies um, at an early age, he uh, decided to have the talk with me, the birds and the bees talk, the sex talk. Um, the way it happened was the weird part, I think, or the weirder part than talking about sex with your parents, in that he decided to have the conversation at McDonald's. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I had my McNuggets, and, <laughs> and he's like, so, that chastity belt thing, let's talk about that. And I, you know, I was like, uh, I think as most of us are, when the topic of sex comes up, no matter what age you are, we're kind of like, oh, no, 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 I got it. Like, I don't, no, we're good. Like, I know everything there is to know about it. Like, that's okay. 
Um, but in my mind, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm, I am not ready for this, especially at McDonald's. You know, my brother is playing in the playpen and I don't know, people are probably, like I think people are watching us have this conversation or listening in. So as he begins to, to describe things, um, yeah, you guys know what those things are. Hopefully, if you haven't had this talk, you might want to have that in the context of this talk. So call your dad, your mom, and ask him about the birds and the bees. Um, anyway, so as he began to describe those things, um, I was inside freaking out. I was like, oh, what? Like, you do what with your, oh! And, and I'm looking around, and I'm, you know, whoa, hey! And, but on the outside, you know, I'm kicked back. I got my nugget. Oh, yeah, Dad. I know that. Like, I got it. And, oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, he could see right through it, of course, but I wanted to be cool. I wanted to, like, I didn't want my dad to think that I didn't know about sex for some reason. Um, and I think that's how a lot, and maybe I'm assuming too much, but I, I, I believe that the majority of people kind of feel that way or have those reactions where, you'll be freaking out on the inside that somebody says the word sex to you, especially maybe in church, and you're like, whoa, this is not the area to be talking about this, it's not the time. And, um, but on the outside, we're like, we're cool, we got everything. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get into a lot of, a lot of that tonight. Before though, um, let's pray. So please bow your heads. Father, thank you for tonight. Um, thank you for this opportunity to be able to share your love and um, what you would have for us in the context of sex, marriage, relationships, dating. I pray that over the course of the night um, that students ears and minds and hearts are opened, that these are not my words, that these are yours. And that we can leave tonight knowing um, that you're a good and loving God and that we seek to see you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So I know there are many different situations in the room. Um, either you're in a relationship right now with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you're having sex or wanting to have sex, thinking about it and possibly wanting to push those boundaries or you're single, have had sex and are struggling to find worth in yourself or um, get past the shame and guilt that lie within um, kind of, I guess, the fear that has been created um, at having sex before marriage. And, um, or you're single, and, or I already said that, or you're, you know, you're struggling with pornography and masturbation or anything like that. Um, I hope that throughout the night, you guys are able to see uh, a lot of the connections between those things that I'll, I'll, I would argue that a lot of those things are in relevance to each other. Um, so, um, I don't want tonight to be uh, built around shame or condemning. I hope that 
my words don't come off that way. I hope that God's words don't come off that way, that you don't leave here um, feeling more guilty or anything like that. That is my, not my intention tonight, so um, I pray that that does not happen. My hopes are to reveal to you why God has created sex and how it relates to marriage. If you uh, go to Google or if you pretend that uh, the Bible had a Google search, you would not be able to just search sex and get this list of Bible verses or anything that talk about, or that I guess use the word sex. Um, and, um, you, you know, I, I did that in my own research. I was like, well, why don't I just Google search sex, ESV Bible, nothing. And so I was like, well, I don't really know where to start. And uh, so where I began, and where I want to begin is in Colossians 1.16. Can you put that verse up there, please? I'm also gonna talk about 1 Timothy. So in Colossians 1.16, Paul says here, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So in this, uh, instead of looking for the word sex, we can see the word all things. Um, also in 1 Timothy 4.4, 4, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. So in both of these verses, we can look at the words all things and everything to describe sex. God created all things, so we know he created sex. We know that uh, the all things that God created is, are good, so we know that sex is good. Um, to even further my point, uh, if, you, if you look at Genesis 2, we know that God created sex and that sex is good by Adam and Eve's um, command to be fruitful. Um, we know that because of this, sex existed before sin. So we know that it is good. We know that it was uh, even pleasurable before this. And so it is good. I wanna touch on the fact again that we can't talk about sex outside of marriage. In God's eyes, they're the same thing. Sex equals marriage, marriage equals sex. It's another reason I feel as if we can't find the word sex is because we're looking for something outside of marriage. So we can't find those things. In Exodus 22, 16, we put that up there as well. We clearly see this idea of if you have sex with another person, you're expected to marry that person. And you may be thinking, well, culturally that doesn't make sense anymore. Um, and there ha there's no relevance to that. There's no kind of like, um, uh, what's the word? Arranged marriages. But if we think about this, uh, I believe we can continue to meditate and hopefully uh, discover that those things are one and the same. Some of you may be thinking now, I wonder when he's going to tell me how far is too far. Or because I love my girlfriend or boyfriend and we're getting engaged, does that mean we can have sex? 
I would argue if you're asking those questions, then you've already missed the point. You've made it a a selfish act of lust and only about the physical act of sex, not the spiritual. And yes, there is a spiritual act of sex. In Genesis 4, it says that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and bore Cain. I believe this means so much more than sex. When we have sex with another person in their most vulnerable and purest state, and we become one flesh, we begin to know that person on an extremely intimate and deep level past what we would um, discover just by talking to them or spending years with them. We will carry that person in our hearts and minds the rest of our lives in some way. We will have married them in some way. In God's eyes, I believe. Sex is a gift that God has given us. When we take that gift out of its intended purpose, um, we ultimately reap those consequences. God commands in Romans 12 to outdo each other in honor. If you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend pushing boundaries at 11 o'clock at night, that's the deadline. 11 o'clock, you know, all bets are off. Get out of there. 11 p.m., not a.m., that's okay. So 11 p.m., you know, you're, you're hanging out with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you're by yourselves, you're cuddling, holding hands, something like that, something intimate, ultimately leading to a desire of emotion, sexual emotion, and you begin to push those boundaries, we're no longer honoring that other person. Marriage and sex are stewardship. When I get married, I'm to give back my wife to God better than I received her. I believe within this, we can look to this outdoing each other in honor. That ultimately, if we're trying to um, create in ourselves a better person and ultimately the person that we're wanting to either spend the rest of our lives with or that we really care about, that if we're trying to honor that person that ultimately we will give back to God better than we received that person. Sex is not a reward for marriage. Though it was given to us, we did, we did not earn it. Your relationship status or commitment level does not equal how far you can push boundaries with the person you are dating or engaged to or friends with. If you're on a third date and you feel as if like now that we've dated for three times, however long that is, three weeks or three days or something like that, and it's like, all right, time to kiss. 
It's third date. You know, we're there. If we're, if somebody's engaged and they're saying, well, we're going to get married, why can't we have sex? I'm going to have sex with her or him in a matter of months. What's the difference now? I believe that by asking those kinds of questions or pushing those boundaries has already missed the point. I want you guys to know though, if you do not already believe this, that God loves you and he has forgiven you. He is continually making you more of the person you are meant to be. Do not be held down by your shame and guilt, but be renewed and redeemed by conviction in God. If you are struggling to feel worth, or if you're struggling with the shame and guilt that is built up from having sex before marriage, I urge you not to sit in that guilt and shame, but to pass it on to the Lord. I believe that that is the moment where we, we step outside of the temptation that shame and guilt bring to just continue because there's nothing better. So we continue to have sex or we continue to look at pornography or masturbate. Those things build up over time and it makes it harder and harder to get out of that. But I believe if we live under the conviction of God that ultimately we will see that there is worth in ourselves, in the relationships that will come, in the marriages that will come. I believe when we begin to look to God, he can turn our lust and conceit into a realization of true glory and happiness. God created sex as a gift for marriage. You give your body to your spouse and they give you theirs. It's meant to build a bond that lasts a lifetime with the potential to create children. Sex is so much more than our culture has led us to believe and so much more than wondering how far is too far. Sex is a way to love and show love, to know God more and to prepare your spouse for God when he makes all things new. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 7, 5 that we can even combat sin with sex within our marriage. I don't know how any of this begins to happen in our hearts and minds unless we are looking to God to give us guidance in our sexual sin. Do you trust God more than your body? Do you? Do you believe these things he says he has prepared for us in marriage are true? 
when you ask the questions that are on your heart about sex, are they in the context of marriage? I believe that when we begin to rethink and reframe how we talk about sex, that we will come to know God and his intentions for it. I wanna leave you with one last thought. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 31, 32, put that up there please. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Paul interprets the original creation of husband and wife union as a model of the relationship between Christ and church. Marriage from the beginning of creation was created by God to be a reflection and patterned after Christ's relationship to the church. I wonder if when we talk and think about sex, that we ultimately should be thinking about a new heaven and a new earth when Christ is revealed and we stand before him. Let's pray. Father, you are good. Your words are good. I pray that if I said anything tonight that wasn't what you had or want the students to hear, that you would erase it from their minds, from their hearts. I pray that as students begin to think about sex, what that means for their lives, they don't look to culture, they look to you to find answers. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.